You know, when I look around at all the entrepreneurs who are grinding it out, spending 70 to 80 hours per week growing their business, you have to ask yourself the question, at what cost? Hi, my name is Tim Uchuk, and in this podcast, we're going to be exploring the tools, tactics, and strategies for crushing it and scaling your business without making the ultimate sacrifice of your time and freedom. Hey, what's up, guys? Tim here. Happy Wednesday. Uh, hope you're doing well. It is a, um, I love Wednesdays, by the way, because, and this is a little tip, I front load my, my weeks, Mondays, Tuesdays, with all my recurring meetings. So Mondays, Tuesdays are really hard. They're, they're quite taxing. And I intentionally leave Wednesdays open. So Wednesdays are my gift for my Mondays and Tuesdays. So that's a little tip for structuring your week. Um, so I had some time. I had posted a... Um, couple weeks back around, um, I was asking what your biggest challenges were when it came to delegating. And there were a number of comments. And um, I thought rather than responding um, one at a time, I would just jump on here and put together a quick um, training for you called the 10 rules for delegation mastery. And um, the principles I want to run through with you, if you if you follow them, my goal for you is to move you towards this end of the spectrum. And um, the reason, by the way, why it's important to think in spectrums is a lot of people um, there's a, there's a good book by, uh, Carol Dweck called growth, growth mindset. And if you think in terms of like a binary world, like, um, labeling yourself, for example, I'm, I'm terrible at delegation, um, or I'm great at delegation. We don't live in a, in a binary world. Um, it's, it's more useful to think in terms of a spectrum because myself, I mean, from time to time, I have delegations that don't go very well. Um, but, uh, that's typically because I'm not following, you know, these, these 10 principles we're going to be running through. We want on the average for you to be towards the upper end of this spectrum, right? For the most part. And that's my goal in this training. Um, and, and to not label yourself as a terrible delegator when you make a mistake. Um, we really want to replace the word, um, failing with learning, right? And so when you have a bad delegation, it doesn't mean you're a terrible, a terrible delegator. We just want to learn from that failure and um, implement some of these rules that I'm going to share with you so that on the whole, we can move back up to the top end of the spectrum. And um, one last thing before we jump in, um, I just want to talk about, number one, the the two different types of delegation. And number two, I want to talk about um, which of those types is going to, if you if you actually take action, you know, soon, it can literally save you hundreds of hours, you know, within the next within the next week. So number one, just one second here. All right, I had to pause. There was someone at the door. Somebody let our uh, <laughs> somebody let our chickens out. Um, anyways, getting back to the two different types. So you have the the ad hoc and the recurring. Okay. So the ad hoc is like the one time. Hey, can you help me out with this task? Can you help me schedule this appointment? That's like a one and done delegation. Now the powerful type of delegation is if you um, have any recurring activities that you do on a daily or a weekly or monthly basis, even if it's a 15 minute or 20 minute activity, it could be, for example, um, for me, um, there's daily reporting that I used to do that took me, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day to report numbers from different systems, like, like advertising numbers and just combining, you know, sales and financial reports into this, into this one spreadsheet took about 15, 20 minutes. Um, but if you multiply that, if you have something like that, that's recurring, it's low value. You don't really have to do a lot of thinking behind it. It's just a matter of knowing how to do it. If you can, if you can offload something like that and you're doing it again each day, 
think about that 20 minutes times five. So 20 minutes times five days a week times four times 12. You could be saving yourself if you if you grab a couple of those, you're going to easily save yourself a couple hundred hours of your time. Now think about um, how you can trade up your hours and reallocate from that type of stuff to the high value type of stuff, the move the needle stuff in your business, the strategic stuff, the the building and growing your business and or just having that that time off your plate so that you can get back to, you know, the stuff that you really enjoy doing. So the recurring activities, the recurring delegations, if you start to chip away at those, you're going to be uh, seeing some huge, huge gains. So let's jump in um, to these 10 rules here. And if you understand these principles, if you follow them, again, on average, you're going to be on this end of the spectrum. And that's, that's my goal for you. So let's start with number one, which is transparency through mini contracts. Now, what does this mean? Well, if you've if you've ever had one of those conversations, like a drive-by delegation, where you're you're chatting with a team member and you're saying, "Hey, can you help me with this?" and then it doesn't, it's not captured anywhere, right? So um, we use a tool called Trello, for example, for project management, and um, so it's got cards which are like digital post-it notes. And and when I'm delegating something, I create a, a card, and I see that as a as a little contract where it's got the the details of what needs to happen, who's doing it, when it's when it should be done by. And that little artifact in and of itself creates a mini contract where in the absence of that, that conversation, if you get busy and the team member gets busy, which most of the time it does, there's a much greater chance for it to slip through the cracks. We want to create a, a mini contract and have it captured. And the benefit again is so it doesn't slip through the cracks. Number two is to create clear ownership and one set of eyeballs. So what I mean by that is if you have more than one team member working on a, a delegation, you still want to have one clear owner, one set of eyeballs, because in the absence of that, you're going to create an environment where a week from now, they can come back and say, oh, I thought I thought that person was going to be doing it. So you want one set of eyeballs. It's okay if more than one person's working on it, but you want one clear quarterback who is responsible to make sure that the team members get together, they have the meetings, whatever needs to happen. One person is, is owning it. So that's number two. Number three. Create context using, and there's a little tip here um, that I call so that. Um, and so quick example of, of so that you, you really want to give them the ability to, to have context around what you're delegating. Because when questions arise and roadblocks arise, they'll know how to think about it from your perspective. They can put your they can put themselves in your shoes because they have the context, they have the purpose behind it. I'll give you a quick example. Um, so my son Harrison is five. And uh, I got him this, this Nerf bow and arrow set uh, a couple weeks ago. And I walked him in our backyard and, and I thought, okay, so if I just hand this thing to him, those darts are going to go missing because we've got a big like rectangular um, lot. And I know immediately he's going to shoot them in all different directions. They're going to go into our neighbor's yard, et cetera, et cetera. So the very first thing we did was I said, okay, Harrison, um, there's a couple of rules here to use these, these little Nerf arrows. Um, number one, when you're shooting them, you're going to shoot them in two directions, that direction or that direction. You're not going to shoot them towards the back because it's, it's short. It's going to go over the edges. You're not going to shoot it in this direction because it's going to go on our roof. So I said, Harrison, you're going to shoot them in um, two directions so that we don't lose the arrows, right? You don't want to lose them, right? So shoot them this way or that way so that we don't lose them. And I gave, them this, I gave them the reason behind that. And when you give someone the purpose and the reason behind what it is you're, you're teaching them or handing off, 
it gets embedded into their brain because they have the purpose behind it, right? Um, and they have a little bit of context behind it. So you want to give them the why, in other words. Uh, number four, this is a pattern language. I call it DOD. DOD stands for the definition of done. So when you're delegating, you have to understand there are many doors to the same house, meaning that um, if you hand something off to someone, they can they can do it a different way or several different ways and achieve the same result. And um, so you essentially want to give them the guardrails so that they can, you know, if, th if these things are true, we're going to arrive at the result and um, we're both going to be happy. So you want to give them the freedom to be um, creative um, and take the steps that are necessary from their, their vantage by giving them the definition of done. So some examples of the definition of done are, you know, different milestones. You could have a budget, for example, if you're looking to hire someone. Um, let's say you were you were looking for someone to help you with uh, design work and you delegated that. You would say definition of done means that you have found at least, you know, three top candidates. Um, make sure that they have a rating score of no less than four out of five stars. Make sure that they have worked on at least 20 projects, for example. Um, make sure that uh, definition of done would be our budget. Agreed upon budget is less than five hundred dollars. So, what are the what's the success criteria or the the definition of done? What needs to be true, in other words, in order for this result to be achieved? So, definition of done, the DOD. Uh, that's number four. Number five, um, eliminate the back and forth by providing the right resources. So, think ahead of time, and um, initially it, it it might take a little bit of time, but understand that it's a move, move slow to move fast, especially if you're delegating a recurring activity, hundred percent, it's going to take you a little bit more time than doing it yourself. But the point is, if you understand that if I put in the time and it's a recurring activity or a recurring delegation, I can be saving myself hundreds of hours here. It's worth it. So putting together the resources such as like a, um, a video, much like I'm shooting right now, um, a video, by the way, if you're, um, watching this, I'd really love to know, um, who's watching this. So if you can let me know below in the comments, um, say I'm here or, uh, <laughs> let me know somehow, um, if you're watching, that would be much appreciated. Um, so the, the right resources could be anticipating, for example, are they going to need access? So they might need access to uh, passwords to get into accounts. If you're delegating something digitally. Um, giving them the right resources in terms of if, um, like, like quoting a job, for example, a resource is a, a calculator. So giving them the calculator so they have the right resources to accomplish what it is that you're wanting. So providing everything they're going to need to prevent that, that, that back and forth and the follow-up questions. So think through what are the resources they're going to need in order to accomplish this. Number six. Number six, we have, oops. Let's move this here. Um, and this is just a tip, finding team members that are resourceful. Um, in the long run, I think it's really helpful to have a couple team members who are, are able to kind of think on their feet and they're able to, um, I mean, there's, there's kind of two different types of people on, on the spectrum, right? This is a spectrum, but some people who can, can, can write the book and some people who just need to follow the book, they need the step-by-step. -step. So um, when I'm delegating, you know, my, my VA, for example, my virtual assistant is quite resourceful. I can give her less information and have uh, a, a great result, um, in return because she's resourceful. She knows how to figure it out. 
Um, I've worked with with many team members um, in the past who aren't, and they're going to ask so many follow up questions, and um, because they they might be lacking that that resourcefulness. So that's kind of a tip is to um, to find someone who's resourceful and and someone who's not resourceful. I mean, you can be helping them to be more resourceful by giving them the DOD, the definition of done, because it's going to help give them a shortcut um, where you're kind of. Um, and, and by giving them the context and the DOD, you're kind of taking 80% of that burden and, and that resourcefulness, you're kind of doing that for them by, by taking the extra energy to do that. And um, so if you don't have someone that's super resourceful, just by having these other things in place, the context, the DOD um, is going to help them to become more resourceful. And that leads to number seven, which is communicating the type of delegation. So being really clear, um, you might have a team member who doesn't know um, if let's say they're following up, you know, multiple times a day to give you context, be really clear on the type of delegation in terms of, you know what, you don't even need to check in with me until this is done. So um, feel free to just uh, work through all the steps and just get it done. Let me know when it's completed. Or um, if it's more important and you want to make sure that it's, you know, they're following the steps, be specific and, and say, um, you know, would you mind updating me um, on it on a daily basis, just with where you're at with this? I'd really appreciate it because I want to get be in the loop to make sure that we're we're moving forward on this in the correct way. So, could you please just make sure you you update me um, every day or two days? So, be really clear on how you want um, to work together on, especially if it's a larger delegation, how you want them to communicate with you. Be very very clear um, and articulate the type of delegation it is. Um, and then following the 80% rule. So, and I mean this in two different ways. So 80% rule is a lot of us are hesitant to delegate because, you know, we can't find somebody who can do it as well as us. But my thinking is, you know, if you're working with someone in the long run, they're going to get better. There is a learning curve. And if somebody can get 80% of your results, in my opinion, in my books, it's good enough. And you have to learn to be comfortable with that right? Because they're going to get better. Um, you know, when, when it's done, let's say they get it 80%, you'll have a quick um, um, retrospective and uh, you can reflect on how they can get better. If you can do it over again, what would you do differently? And help them, give them that learning by having that retrospective after the delegation to help them on the next round, get to the 90% and eventually, you know, hopefully better than you. The other 80% um, rule is that um, everything we talked about here is for, for you ultimately is, is to get the 80% of, of the legwork done by giving them the definition of done, by giving um, them the why and the context. That's you during, doing kind of your part, your 80%, so that you can hand it off for them to bring it across the line. And the benefit around this, especially if you're an entrepreneur, most of us hate closing loops, right? We like to get stuff started, but we don't like to close the loop on them. So if you think in terms of your role being just to get that 80% done, hand it off to your loop closers. Um, that's, that's just kind of a mindset rule where um, when I'm starting something, I know that I'm going to hand off, you know, when I'm creating like a presentation for my team or for my clients, for example, I have a template where I'll just get that 80% done. I'll hand it off and somebody else will make it look um, pretty and, and you know, um, done up with our brand and all that kind of stuff. So the 80% rule is really helpful when it comes to understanding, um, 
your your piece and then their piece what you're going to be doing and 80 percent when you've got all of the stuff that we've already covered off that's kind of your 80 percent that you want to focus on um last two here so number nine the best way to learn is to teach so this is an important one when it comes to um training your team when it comes to delegating is and i'll go back to that harrison story with the darts i wanted him to retain our conversation so that he would um he would remember it you know in the next uh, day and, and week and and the best way to learn is to teach and so after telling him that i said um you know harrison why why do we want to shoot the dart in this direction in this direction and why do we not want to shoot the dart in this direction in this direction and he reflected back to me because we don't want to lose the dart so um, he was having to reflect it back to me. And if he wasn't listening to me, he would have said, I don't know. Right. So you have to, you're, you're kind of forcing them to teach you. And I'll give you another quick example. So in my 3D printing business, when I have hired um, people in, in that business, when, within the first two days of, of hiring them, um, I don't teach them all about 3D printing. By the third day, they have to they have to put together a presentation and teach me all about 3d printing the different technologies the history um, the types of printers we have how they're how they're used they have to put together a presentation and teach me because i know that if i if i teach them everything it's not going to be retained as much so the best way to learn is to teach um, and that's something i tap into just like that harrison example where you kind of, you, you teach them the lesson and then have them reflect it back to you, right? So that they are forced to teach you. And that's going to rapidly help them to learn much, much more uh, quickly. It's going to help them to retain as well, just by, by quickly reflecting and, and teaching you, teaching it back to you. Um, okay, last trick, and I already touched on this a little bit, but um, turning one into 1,000. So the video that we're using right now Let's say that you were delegating something that you have a hunch you might be delegating more than once in the future. By recording a video or by putting together a set of instructions in such a way that it can be reused multiple times over and over and over again. So, for example, when I was delegating, um, you know, the daily reporting, the 20 minute task, getting it off my plate, I recorded a video so that anybody watching it would know exactly how to do the, the task. And so I've cloned myself because nobody needs to ask me that ever, ever again, <laughs> ever, ever again, because I've got the resource, I've got the video, I've got the training, it's done. And I've cloned myself. I've turned one into 1000 because that, that can be done over and over and over and over again. And if one team member happens to leave for whatever reason, they're on vacation, I don't have to re, re uh, train someone because I already have the resource. It's there. I've cloned myself. And so eventually if you can do this for all of this stuff that's recurring, that's on your plate, you are turning one into 1000. You're cloning yourself um, by thinking in these terms. Okay, so that's the 10. Um, I just wanna share one last piece with you in terms of how to set up a, let's say that you're using a card and, and um, we use Trello, it doesn't really matter. You can use, um, you can use paper um, for that matter. The important thing is to have the elements in place and to be aware, and this kind of covers off and, and um, puts a bow on, on what we had just talked about here. We're missing the number here. So, okay. If this was a Trello card, if this was a piece of paper, 
make sure that it has all of these elements on it. There's six elements here. Number one, it should have a title. The title should be clear. Whoever is watching the, uh, whoever's looking at it should have context in terms of what it is and what it's about, right? So if it's vague, uh, they're, they're not going to have clarity around what it is. So give it a good title in terms of what the delegation is. And a, a little tip is to use the so that that we talked about. Um, number two, ownership, one set of eyeballs. And if you can assign them to the task, um, even better. And number three, having a clear due date. So a clear expectation of when you want it done. Make sure it's realistic. Number, where are we here? I think we missed the three. <laughs> Um, let's just go through, oh, there it is. And, uh, number four, giving it a purpose. So they have the, uh, the context behind it. Number five, giving, uh, a list of the resources. So if they need, um, passwords, if they need, um, access to any other resources, um, even having an instructional video, like the one that you're watching is very helpful when it comes to uh, delegating, especially if you're working remotely. And finally, the definition of done, which we talked about. So if there's a checklist, you can say, Here's the definition of done. If these things are true, this thing is a success. So again, those are just some tips. If you have these things in place, you're going to be um, set up to move on the average towards the top end of the spectrum. And on the average, you are going to be a, a, a delegation master. So I hope that's helpful. Um, again, let me know in the comments below um, what your biggest takeaways were, what your biggest insights were. And um, please don't just kind of, um, there's a difference between consumption and production. So don't just consume this stuff. Um, I want you to go out there and actually use it and uh, go into the production side. So we've done the learning. Now is the time to get out there, uh, use what we talked about here today. Hope it was useful and uh, I will talk to you guys in uh, the next video. Hey, Tim Uchuk here. And real quick, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, if you could take a couple quick seconds to give it a rating, it would be very much appreciated. And secondly, if you're looking for more tools and strategies on how you can crush it in life and business, just head on over to bookwithtim.com where I've put together a free case study which shows you how to unlock unprecedented freedom today by using the two power levers. Just head on over to bookwithtim.com. Until next time, wishing you success and freedom in your business. Cheers.